Alrighty, guys, welcome to our musical osmosis segment. We are back. We are going to be speaking with Al Pista a little bit later on, and we're going to be speaking with Kim Coletta here in a moment. Odell, are you with us? Odell, Odell. Was with us? did we He's lose up, Odell? But I, but I, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. How's we can the hear rain? you there now, go. Odell. <laughs> Is it still Sorry raining that, out guys. there, Odell? What's that? I said, Is it still raining out there? It's starting to. The thunder just kicked back in, um, yeah. but it's not raining yet. But I, I closed the windows and I'm hunkered in. So, I I thought you were giving me that air airtime break so I could introduce myself, just so I get my my voice in every segment for the whole twelve hours. Thanks, Odell. Glad <laughs> to have you here. Take the helm, my friend. I'm out. <laughs> because this show is all about you, Dwayne. This whole launch is about you. You're like the Trump of Tin Can Media. Thank yeah. you, thank you. You've brought me out of my <laughs> den, Nick. This show and this new launch has brought me out of my badger's den, and I'm feeling bright and happy about this whole Tin Can Media thing going on. Could I give Dwayne the Badger a better compliment than saying you're the Trump of Tin Can Media? <laughs> what would be an, an insult not. to many is a compliment. It's the highest not. accolade to you. All Absolutely not. Thank you, guys, and have a fun show. Nice, nice. Okay, we've got Kim Coletta from Jawbox on the line. Correct, Kim? Are you with us? Correct, here I am. Right on. I've been looking so forward to this. I know every day Odell emails me. He's like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. Like a kid (laughs) on Christmas, the super fan, Odell Norman. I do have to say this, and let me start with this, and I'm going to let Odell um, really talk a lot about this. Um, I have been going down the Jawbox rabbit hole. I've been checking out a lot of your music. I am now fairly obsessed with your novelty album. And I got to say, you have just made a new diehard fan. I came to the, the novel- party late, oh, yeah. but I'm oh, here. The novelty record, the novelty record is, is uh, kicking it old school. Yeah, the remaster. Yes, it is. I've been checking it yes, out. Yes, it is. <laughs> Isn't it? That, that's good, though. I, I, still lo- I still love a lot of songs from that, from that record. It has a special place in my heart. That's awesome. Very nice. So, I, I, so yeah, you, ahead, you know when I when I when I called in, like the first thing I heard was seven minute poop. Just so you guys know. <laughs> that, was, let that was you a new know, band we were gonna <laughs> Usually when everybody calls in, the first thing they hear is seven minute poop. If the yeah, wind's on the line, you're gonna hear I'm seven gonna, minute I'm poop. Gonna, I'm gonna do start a new band called the Seven Poop Sunshine. Seven minute poop. So seven, I don't know. Seven who yeah, I don't know who that guy was, but I want to give him props for getting the job done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very I'm nice. Hi, <laughs> Odell. I got to take myself a little break here. Go to the little oh. punkers room. So I will let you take lead. Oh, cool, cool. Hey, Tim. I hope all is well. Um, once again, thank you for uh, coming on with us. Um, how are you guys, how are you guys doing? You're, how are you guys doing? You're like nine hours into it. Oh my God! They are, just... yeah, they're doing great. I, I'm, I'm in and out. I have, uh, um, my, I live, in, I live up in Baltimore, uh, and um, our street festival is today. So I've been in and out with uh, my wife and our three kids. So 
I came on earlier to do musical osmosis and then I went back out, but I've been listening to them. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, My wife has has had it on downstairs while she was doing stuff with the kids and thank God they're asleep right now because they didn't hear the seven minute poop talk, but, um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but no, no, it's been great. They've been troopers. It's been, it's been really, really good. That's excellent. I live in, and I live in Maryland as well. So I'm watching some pretty crazy uh, weather out my window. Yeah, it's it's you know just the really quick. Yeah, I, we were down at the street festival and it started raining and thundering there, and then it cleared up and it just became this really bright sunshine and really hot. It just like the heat just cranked up, and then now all of a sudden another front has just come through and everything is like dark and starting to start all over again. Yeah. So. It's been wild. But no, uh, first off, um, I know. First, let me just tell you. And you probably saw some of the, uh, the the messages on Facebook from uh, some of my friends telling how you know how you were you know you were an incredible bass player, and um, uh, and and if anybody's listening to Drawbox, they would know it's a very diverse sound. All I mean, you can pack a lot of stuff into one song from songs to, to a lot of jazz type influences. Was the bass your instrument of choice, or was it something that you sort of were thrown into? I know a lot of people. And you know, a lot of my friends are like, well, I'm going to play bass because we already got two guitars. Me included. Guitars. I started playing bass just so I could write lyrics and be in a band, and I didn't even really yeah. have any affection for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I I loved music when I was in high school. I'd go to all kinds of – I grew up in the Boston area, and we went to all kinds of hardcore shows up in Boston. Okay. Uh, but I have to say the Boston music scene – it, it was very male dominated and, and um, it really didn't dawn on me back then that I could be doing this too. It, w- it wasn't until I ended up in um, the Washington DC area because I went to a college there that it, it just were lo- there were a lot more women, first of all, involved in the music scene, even yeah, back then. Absolutely. And um, I, in college, I bought my first bass um, from a guy named uh, Dave Grubbs. And he, at that time, was in a band called Squ- Squirrel Bait, and he went on to be in some great bands, um, Gaster Del Sol and Bastro, and he does a bunch of solo yeah. stuff now. And uh, he was in my, lived in my dorm, and I bought my first bass from him and started playing. And the minute I graduated from college, uh, much to my father's chagrin, we um, started Jawbox. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right okay. That. So, and I, I just was... always thought the bass was amazing. Like, I guess I didn't really answer your question, but... The bass is just super cool, super powerful. It, it, it is as a rhythm player. I'm a, I'm a drummer, so I I, I totally appreciate you. <laughs> and um, now I that actually drum- I to- appreciate drummers. I don't even, I don't understand why drummers get such a, a bad rap. I, I, I the drummers in my life have always been lovely. Yeah, you've ah, been uh, unpredictability. Been a- How many drummers did even Steven have? Fourteen. <laughs> oh gosh, we, that's another show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, but that let me. That um, I know uh, it's funny. I, I was. I'm going to take a little something from what your husband said, and and and, and this will probably take you back. I don't know how pleasant of a time this is, but I was reading something out of a, a, a Magnet magazine article. And yep. he was saying, and his best description of you, it was so awesome, because this is the way that I described, described the way you play, is that you guys were playing down in Florida. So I'm sorry if I have to bring this up. But apparently you got really, really sick to the point where you were throwing up in between songs. And um, 
and and your and Bill, your husband, who's also in Jawbox, uh, Nick. Um, if if you didn't know, oh, I um, know that. Yeah, 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 he. They played the show. God bless you. You were true. But I could only imagine how it looked being in the crowd checking you out because if you ever see video of Kim playing, he's all over the stage. He's bouncing out uh, down. I've front, seen the videos. So I can't so I believe. Had, I really, you know, I really did buy into the adage that the show must go on, and that show. <laughs> Was in was in Gainesville, Florida, and I oh, wow. had such a bad stomach virus, and I just I took a trash can and put it behind my base cabinet, and I really would play one maybe two songs if I was wow. lucky. Go behind my SVT cabinet, throw up. That is <laughs> true grit right there. <laughs> and, and, then keep, and then keep playing. And keep playing. Oh, well, let me say something. This is even, I think, more impressive. The next night, I really was too sick to play a show, and I was hospitalized. I had to get rehydrated. And um, Bill, who was my husband, who's my ex-husband now, Uh-oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's Asian history now. Um, my, my current boyfriend, by the way, Australian, and, and also a drummer, um, Yes. But I I digress. But the next night, Bill uh, didn't play second guitar. He learned my bass lines, and they played as a three-piece the next night without me. And the the best line he said was, you know, he turned up the distortion as loud as he could, and he said, but it was nearly impossible because the way Kim plays, there's just so many nuances to the way she plays. And that's what I try to describe to people. I'm like, I can't describe her play. It's just, it's like she can go from punk rock to like this like jazz kind of stuff to the way she accents notes on certain songs. It's, it's you know you just have to listen to it. So, um, but you yeah, but, my, I just, but I, I have but my dirty my dirty little secret is I I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I really didn't. I just I I was I'm self I'm self taught and I think just by playing with those guys in the band they were. They were such great musicians, all of them. Like it just, I kind of just had to like raise myself up because there was no other choice. So I, I think oh, there's maybe, a lot to be said though, especially in punk rock, with being able to feel your way through the process. That's and, what I did. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely a lot to be said for that. Hey, let me chime in with this real quick because yeah. Al is coming on next. So I'm going to probably touch on the same subject with them. What's that dynamic like? I don't know if Bill was your boyfriend at the time. You guys were in Jawbox or how that relationship developed. Um, were you guys together when you were in Jawbox? Yes. What's that dynamic yes, like we performing we and we creating music together? Uh, this is going to sound even crazier, but I used to date Jay Robbins from the band. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I'm no, learning all kinds of right? stuff. <laughs> no, I know. And it's funny. I... Uh, Jay was, Jay, my relationship with Jay was a tremendous, tremendous long time ago. And I actually, um, Odell, you'll probably appreciate this. I actually started dating Jay. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he was a cute guy. And I saw him at a punk rock bowling alley in DC. And I asked someone, Hey, who's that guy right there? And someone told me it was Brian Baker. So, (laughs) right. So I dated, I figured out it wasn't Brian Baker. Um, and we, we, we dated for a while, but I was with, I was together with Bill for almost 20 years. So it turned tr- a tr- wow. tremendous amount of time, but 
you know, I think it worked because we were also best of friends and we were very respectful of the relationship. We didn't really, we kept it kind of on the DL, you know, no public displays of affection and kept it pretty low key and focused on the band. And I, I don't know, it wasn't, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but it wasn't strange for me. And, well, I, and I, I think, think it was okay. Guys, I, think, I think you guys did all right. <laughs> now, hey. I know, um, I've met, I've met, I've met Dan a couple of times. I've met you. I remember the first time going back to, uh, usually we preface the, you know, our, our, our fondness for the artists or whoever we have one. I remember I've met you a couple of times just out of random. Um, I think the first time I actually got to talk to you, you were doing the merch, uh, for burning airlines. I think it was like the first show that they played at black cat. And, um, just randomly, and I just remember talking to you because I, I bought a CD and a shirt, and one of my friends was like, oh, you know that was Kim Coletta from Jawbox. I was like, yeah, I had no clue. I, you know, it had been years. <laughs> and um, But, you know, you were always very helpful because I, I had asked you questions about, you know, who to talk to about getting, you know, CDs to, or because I was in a band at the time, or who to talk to about different clubs to possibly play. You were always, like, open um, and honest about you know, uh, where to play or who to get in touch with. So I, I really, really appreciate that. And, and and going back to Jay, Jay Jay was always struck me as every time I saw him or I see him, um, uh, he, it seems like he's always thinking. Like the, the wheels are always spinning. And um, I actually got to meet him. Uh, we were recording at Phase Studio in College Park. So this was a handful of yeah. years ago. This was in early 2000s. And we were like I, I've been uh, Nick and I've been pretty good friends with like Bruce and uh, Kevin who worked over there for the longest time, and Jay was sharing the space over there at a new spot with Bruce uh, Falkenberg, and um, all of a sudden I remember sitting out because I was waiting for things to get set up, and this little white dog came running out, and I was like looking around, I'm like okay we're in a studio, and here's this little toy, I don't know if it was a cockatoo or a poodle or what, came out. And then all of a sudden this lady comes out and she was looking around and then Jay comes out and I was like, is this your dog? Because I was just like petting the dog and they're like, yeah, this, you know, <laughs> so I got to talk to him there. Super nice guy. Really, really, really down to earth. Funny thing yeah. is that I've never heard that story, Odell. As, oh, much as, as well as I yeah. know you, geez. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kept the inner, I remember when he walked out because I was playing the dog and I looked up and, there, and Jay's a tall guy. So I looked up. Does the white dog? Does the white dog stand for? Does the white dog stand for something? It's like a symbol. I don't know. Not going that deep. (laughs) All I know is this little toy dog because I felt it like, like I had shorts on, so it was like rubbing against my leg. I was like, "What is that?" And it was like, "Oh, somebody's dog in there." (laughs) But anyone who knows Jay Robbins knows the public spotlight, which he is, you know, very much in in our own little singular way in this music scene. It makes him yeah. uncomfortable. It really does. And so Jay would say things on stage, and I know what you mean about being a thinker. He'd actually be scratching his head as he's formulating the words up on stage <laughs> and just be kind of, like, uncomfortable with the whole process. But he lives for music, that man. Like, he needs to be making music. There's just some people out there that have to make music, um, and he and is definitely one of them. That's um, one so of them. So Yes, he really, really does. I okay. love that he's doing solo stuff now, and um, his latest stuff is fabulous that he's been making. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah, interesting, though, that you say about the need to make music. I mean, you being having so much distance right now from Jawbox, do you still have a passion for music like you did when you were in it? Or does that never subside, no matter how much distance you get from actually performing? I love music. I, I love music. I I don't really know why, besides Jawbox, we reunited a few years ago to play. Mm-hmm. The Jimmy Fallon people were nice enough to invite us to play. And we did play, but we, and we, and we played more than just the show where they opened up the studios at lunchtime and we played a little mini set. I don't know if many people know that, but it was really a cool experience. But I, and I think we could play still in Jawbox, like we get show offers still, which is so humbling to me. But I haven't ever felt like playing in a band again. And I, I think I, I listen to music incessantly. It's a huge mm-hmm. part of my life. But um, but lately, it's funny, lately, these last couple of years, I've been thinking I'd like to play again. And so we've, I don't want to like put anything out there that hasn't happened yet, but I could see some possibility. Like the will is there for Jawbox to play more shows. So we'll see what happens. Did you never have an interest in playing again? Because you felt like Jawbox, like it doesn't get any better than this. I, I express no, myself I in I the purest that. way as possible. no. It's not that. I just think life happened. Um, my son was born. He's oh, 15 now. He's such, oh, something else. He's alternately charming and, and eye-rolling, sarcastic teenager, but that, that's what I have uh-huh. now. But, but, um, I don't know if anyone else is in the same boat as me there with uh, teenagers. Yeah. But, Definitely. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah. thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I have a younger one. He's, he's already he's seven, and he's already eye-rolling. So. He's so downstairs gaming. Yeah, he's gaming right now, and I had to read him the riot act. I'm like, I need 30 minutes where you don't shout the F-bomb at your computer, please. Shit, the number so. one rule in, it, in our house is you don't speak chat speak. As soon as the kids started, like, LOLing in real life, I was like, nope, oh. nope. I got to draw some parental lines here. Yeah, like, those are good parental parental lines. And, and I'm a teacher, and I feel like that's really, like, a calling for me, much like Jawbox was. So I feel like I've been made some kind of an impact um, being a middle school teacher, like, not many people can do that. It's it's really hard. It's really hard work. Do the kids know? Um, are they aware of who Jawbox is? Is it on well, their radar? It's, it's funny you say that because every once in a while, a kid is into Jawbox who goes to my school because they're they, you know, they maybe they're into current indie rock and then they start mm-hmm. you know looking at the history of it and they figure out oh my god my teacher or so I've actually done a few interviews over t- the. 15 years I've been there for the school newspaper about being in the band. And it, they, every year they beg me to play the videos for them, which I do. And they, they cannot reconcile like my younger dyed blonde self with like this person standing in front of them, teaching them sixth grade U S history. It's very, yeah, it has to be jarring to them. Yeah. yeah it is. How about the parents? How about, do you get any parents that come up and say, Hey, Jim, you know, I was a, I was a not only are there some parents who were into it, uh, some of the, my my coworkers like used to go to Jawbox shows, so we have like a little posse of people who kind of get the music scene that we're in, which is nice. Oh wow! I know yeah. I know with Jawbox, uh, you, Jawbox was on Discord. I know you, you initially I think you used the Soto as just like the the label, I guess the like a a label thing to put out your first record, if I'm not mistaken. But you were primarily a Discord band. Um, we were. I mean, I, the reason okay. I the reason I started my own label was because I was I was working at Discord at the time, and 
I wanted to put out this evidence, and I talked to Ian Mackay, and will you put out this jaw box evidence? And um, Papa, we all call him Papa because he's kind of like our, you know, like the punk rock dad. And he yeah. said, well, I could, but if you did it as a half-label release, you'd learn a lot more about the process. And he was right. <laughs> well, as somebody who has played his hand at like having a production company and having a little indie label, how do you like the day-to-day minutia of actually running a label compared to the creative process of actually playing the music? Because I found it very grueling and I didn't really like it. Uh, oh, but wait, the, the not so secret with my friends at least, I'm like super organized. Like I thought it was delightful. <laughs> I'm, really? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a super geek. You've got to know that about me. I have a master's in library science and technology. Like, I love organization. So the, the minutia, oh, wow. okay. like, I, I love managing the band. I love figuring out how to, before the internet, how do you get to the show? Because that was like a thing, right, back in the day? Yeah. Like yep. if you're, I remember those days. Especially. Yep. Like, we didn't. I worked so, in a library for promoters. 10 years, so, oh, yeah. That's right. Like, in, on our European tours, they, they'd be like, Get off at the city center exit and just figure it out. Like that, those would be our instructions for getting to the shows in Europe. And um, I don't know. It kind of I kind of missed that adventure before the internet. It was kind of kind of cool. You had to kind of be a detective and a band member. But yeah, I liked so, running the label. It was good. What was okay? And and, and I, I know I won't ever get this opportunity again. Or with other, how was the the change from going from Discord? to signing to a major label were, were there a lot of labels looking at you guys or was Atlantic primarily the one that was like really after you guys how, how did that work out for you we had um we had two or three labels looking at us because you all know that was just what was happening then because everyone yeah. hoped all these A&R people hoped perhaps they are the next Nirvana or Soundgarden or whatever but it certainly wasn't us but they they kept throwing things at the wall to see what what might stick and yeah. I, I actually, it was, to use one of you, one of you said this, it was a little jarring to, to make that transition. But on the other hand, not, because we just kept doing what we, like the third record we put out for your own special sweetheart. Yes, we had more money. Idea. We had more money to spend on the recording, but we would have made that exact same record on Discord, I swear. And um, we just stayed true to who we were. And I got to say, Atlantic didn't love that about us. We... We were way too opinionated and questioning, I think, to fit well ever on a major level. Was that a real combative relationship then? It was. I, I remember a spe- especially crazy moment. We, um, there was a, the front cover, the original front cover of that record has a mermaid in a, a plastic mermaid in a snow globe, and sh- her nipple is showing. And we had to have a meeting about airbrushing the nipple. Like, this is a label Jawbox Atlantic. Like, and the more they wanted us to airbrush the mermaid's nipple, like, the more I felt like digging in my heels about it, even though that was right of a complaint. But just, just things like that were ridiculous. But, but, I, but I will say, working at Atlantic in little pockets here and there were like-minded people to us who just needed a job and worked, loved music and loved the music scene. And they really got us through that. And they're still friends to this day. So um, it, it, it was a fine experience, a little weird, but it was okay. 
Is it something you're missing now? It sounds like you want to go back to it. I mean, I kind of feel like once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. It's something you can't escape. And just you saying, hey, I think it might be time for me to dive back in. I got sidetracked with life. um, I miss playing live. And I I think that was one of the reasons we had longevity. Some bands start touring and they realize realize that's hard work and not fun. And then they break up. But I, I think all of us got a real kick out of playing live. And like you said, at the, when I was selling Burning Airlines merchandise, like I loved interacting with our people, right? We mm-hmm. call them always affectionately the kids. And they're still, I, they're still the kids, even though they're like peers my age. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. And I, I miss that, like that traveling and seeing old friends in different places around the country and just, Do you feel less connected to the scene now that you haven't been doing all those things you just listed? Well, maybe I feel less connected to the current scene. You know, what what people are doing like right now, even though, you know, I'm still in some new music. It's not bad. It's just, but I'm very connected still to the connections we made and the friends I made during Jawbox. Still super connected. You're still still really good friends with all of those guys, right? Like with, I mean, oh, I just totally. saw first with you and Ian playing softball and, and, and things uh, of that nature. So, Yeah, that's our, like secret, that's our secret. So- you know about our secret softball game. It's we've, a bunch of people in the D.C. music scene. We've been playing um, from like May through September every for 20 years. We've been playing um, a pickup wow. softball game every Tuesday. Awesome. How cool is that, right? That is so cool. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, and I that remember is- – um, Last year, National Public Radio wanted to do a piece on it, and we had a little powwow, and we ended up telling them, no, they could not do that, because we had this vision of people just showing up, and it's kind of, Mm -hmm. it's not an exclusive little click, but it, I I just pictured all these people we don't know bum-rushing the softball game, so. Yeah, you just um, want to play softball and have a good time. Exactly, because it's (laughs) softball, it's so cool. Yep. But yeah, but Ian McKay plays with us, and um, Mike Russell, who was the first drummer of Shudder to Think, and um, John uh, Davis plays, who was in Q and Not You on Discord. He's in a new band called yeah. Title Tracks, who are fantastic. Um, okay. and, and, and some others. We've had some special musical guests. Craig Wedren from Shudder to Think just played with us. Um, he was visiting from Los that Angeles, a, and he, he played. Yeah, he that was another band. Craig, yeah, well, let me talk about Craig Wedren and softball. He came, shows up. He's like, well, I haven't really played since I was like nine years old. Oh, he's a total ringer. He was so good. <laughs> no, yeah, like, so. speaking of Shutter Think, that was another band that, you know, was able to get on a major label, but I still feel that that album that they put on Epic, it would have been the same album that they would have made, you know, via Discord I, as well. I, I agree. I, I, I absolutely feel that. That's, and I think that was the, the, the really good thing about you guys, because when I got... Like, the first album that I got from you guys was Novelty, and then I went back and got Griff and then moved forward. And then, um, but like I, like I, like I tell anybody, I said, there's no, there's, it's, it's still Jawbox. They're like, and a lot of people were, you, you know, you probably got some people that were like, I can't believe they sold, you know. But that's more of a scene thing than, yeah, we did. Music, in my opinion. And, um, but it, I was like, no, I said, this album, their albums that they put out are still, it's still Jawbox. They still, it's still what they believe in. It's, there's nothing, you know, they didn't try any fancy tricks or, hey, we got more money, so let's do this and this and this. It's like, no, it's still, if they if they were to do this on Discord, and I, and I think Shutter the Think was the same way when, when they, when they, 
made their album so epic as well. I agree. I agree with you. Oh my gosh, it's six thirty. That went by so fast. Oh wow, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I could talk to you guys all night. I... <laughs> well, we'll just have to talk to you back I... sometime. But now I feel guilty because I know someone else is on the phone for the next segment listening. That's all right. Oh, we'll just okay. have to have it, you back it, another time, it, Kim. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Kim. Absolutely. Anytime, love I'd love you. to chat with you more. Thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate it. I think Al, Al Pitts is coming on next. I know he he, he, he would be uh, – um, he's a, he's, I love, he's a great I love friend. I love Al. So hello to Al if he's uh, on the phone right now, which I have a feeling he is. Al, so, you're Al, with us, right? Is that hey, Al? Hey, hey, Al. <laughs> Hey, hey Al, how's everybody doing? Sure, you're welcome to cut into into some of this time if you need it. No, Al, Kim, Kim Collette is on the other side, so say hi. <laughs> hey, Kim. Hi, Al. How are you? How are you? Everything's going I'll well. Let, I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys carry on with Al. He has lots of good stories. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> my favorite lyricist, and I give him props all the time. And I mean. His lyrics are kind of encoded on my DNA, and it's kind of the reason, partly the reason at least, that I went into political science in college is because of Al, my interest of where that road took me, reading his lyrics as a kid. Love, I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up and keep listening then. Right Thank on. You so much, Thank Kim. you, Kim. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you're in the home stretch. Good luck with it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Bye. Al Piss, how you doing, sir? Everything's going well. How about you guys? It's going great. Doing good, man. And I'm Hanging watching everything. Yes, yes. Believe it or not, we're at hour. What hour are we at? I can't even keep it straight. At, what, nine and a half, I think? Nine and a half, and almost ten. Left. Coming up on ten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm looking at everything you got going on, and I'm looking at the Deacon stuff and the M13, and we'll talk about Skullfest here in a moment. But it really does seem like there is an ebb and flow, right? Like sometimes you've got less going on and sometimes you just are frantic with stuff going on. It seems you guys are in a real good musical pocket right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it works out It works out that way um, where, you know, sometimes we just we, have, we need to take a little break <laughs> from going full tilt, you know. But, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're doing good. Um, you know, we've got the... Uh, record on the horizon that's that's coming out the split between the two bands um fest coming up a bunch of shows locally um yeah so everything's everything's going pretty well and i apologize this kind of got discoordinated here we were supposed to play some piss going into this interview i had a song put aside but let's skip that and we'll play some deacons and m13 here in a moment i like that good very well um (laughs) So tell us about Skullfest. I checked it out online, and I got to tell you, man, with everything, I was just checking out um, the festival that Alex is playing from White Mystery. You guys yeah. really make me want to get back out there and start going to shows. I Sadly, I haven't <laughs> been to a show in, God, five years probably. I'll tell you, I, I'm admittedly not a huge fan of the fests, only because... You can't you can't see all the bands you want to see sometimes you yeah. know and it's 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 almost just too much you know, but I really like the idea of it getting all these bands from all over the place you know in in you know sometimes under one roof sometimes under multiple venues, um, just uh, kind of get that sense of community people travel to 
see these shows, and uh, you know, you really get some some heavy hitters out there sometimes. You know, um, yeah, this year they have uh, Final Conflict playing, which will which will be good. Uh, Skull Fest. We are actually playing one of the secret shows, which is a uh, brunch show on Saturday. Wow, not a oh, secret wow. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it starts at 10 a.m. <laughs> on Whoa. Saturday the 20th. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh they did they started doing this last year with this this is the eighth Skull Fest, but they started doing these brunch shows last year and it was uh it was very well attended, so you know, we were happy to be playing it. Um I think it's they're serving uh vegan eggs benedict and bloody marys. Wow. Be an interesting nice. time. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's do this because we didn't get to play an intro song. I want to play some Deacons. Um, yeah. Go ahead and set this song up for us. Which song okay. is this that you sent us? I know we've got the information on this side, but I'll just let you set it up. Well, here's here's uh, one thing that's new with the Deacons since we last spoke is that the drummer from the other band that I'm in, M13, he is now playing piano and keyboards in the Deacons as wow. well as still playing drums in M13. So we've added a, another instrument to the band. So uh, in this last recording session, we went in, we did, uh, we had some piano on the songs. We had some, some organ on the song. So uh, I believe the song that I sent you has some organ on it. And uh, that's going to be Ken, our new keyboard player. So it's kind of added another element into everything. Uh, you know, now how's that going to translate live? Are you worried about how that's going to translate live? Or do you have, do you have a lot of experience already working with them? Uh, I mean, we've played a couple shows live so far with it, and uh, it's been, it's been great. It's it's fun. It's you know it's it's forcing me to do some different things on bass because now we're you know playing some some of the songs uh, that were already written, and he's kind of adding keyboards uh, sort of like on top of it. So um, you know, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit so we're not kind of uh, fighting against each other um, in certain you know uh, ranges and and. Uh, and things but um but yeah it's it's been great live it's you know it's it's kind of forced us to maybe just pull back a little bit um kind of open up the songs a little bit to let to let the keyboards in and it's it's nice especially some of these songs you know uh, have been around for 20 years so it's kind of nice to get a fresh take on them wow that is pretty cool um d why don't you go ahead and play some deacons this is the deacons fight the system I'm Yeah. 
Nice. Al, um, how much writing are you doing? Are you doing writing in the Deacons lyrically and um, M13? Uh, actually, not so much lyrically in either of these bands. I'm doing more more music, musical writing. Um, just, uh, you know, our, our singer, Rich, who's in both bands, um, who sings in both bands, kind of takes care of that. You know, he's got his own unique point of view on things. And, uh, you know, I kind of tried a little bit here and there to, to add some things. But, you know, it's it's the kind of bands where, you know, he's – it's – mainly his point of view in, in a lot of the songs. So, um, you know, it doesn't really fit as well Want to have other people writing for him. But, um, you know, I pretty much agree with everything he's saying in the song. So he does a fine job at it. So, you know, we don't mess around with the formula too much with that. Well, I mean, and I kind of feel like you're such a powerful lyricist, and I have showered you with praise enough. And you know how I feel about your lyrics. Um, do you miss that writing process? Because I had said earlier in the show, I was like, hey, I kind of picked up the bass just because I was so passionate about writing lyrics. I can't believe that you're not missing it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do and I don't. It's, it's. Um, I mean, I, as I see things, you know, unfolding in the world, I, I do get the desire to, you know, to have that sort of voice about things where, you know, I'm... I'm certainly more comfortable singing about things than I am just talking about them. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's not to say that I'm not going to write some stuff in the, in the future, in the near future. Um, you know, every once in a while I do pick up a pen and, and jot some things down and try to work on something. Uh, we had actually even last year when we did some piss reunions, we had talked about potentially doing a couple new piss songs, um, Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, which which may or may not ever come to light. You know, we we may, you know, we kind of, the, the decision made amongst the, the band members was if we do do it, you know, and it's at least, if it's not better than anything that we've done before, that no one would ever hear it. So <laughs> That is a high bar, my friend, let me tell you. Um, so when it comes to the writing process, I mean, like I said, I can't believe you don't miss it. And the pist hasn't really been around. You've been doing so much with the Deacons and M13. What is the process going to be like in like getting the pist together and doing something? I mean, are you still in contact with everybody? Is everybody still on good terms? And is it harder to write now that you're, and I hate this word, domesticated, and you've got family stuff going on? Does that take away the angst and the passion? Um, I will say that, uh, first of all, we are all definitely in touch with each other. Um, pretty regularly and you know things like social media make that a little easier than it was in the past um but uh yeah we see each other from time to time you know we did the reunions last year and um so it's more or less like you know our guitarist if he decides to write a few riffs <laughs> on guitar he would record them and you know send them over to our drummer who'd think about it and send it to me and i try to you know hash something out um it's not something we really dove into yet but it's something we have talked about and um and uh no i certainly uh i certainly still have the the same angst <laughs> the same feelings uh if not even nice. more amplified about certain things now you know that yeah I'm, i can I'm believe older. it you know it's uh is it comfortable know. for you to play things in other words if your guitarist sends you something or the drummer sends you something is that a different vibe than actually all you guys getting together in the same room and banging it out are you okay with just getting pieces 
from the drummer or from the guitarist and kind of putting it together from there? I, I think I'm comfortable with that. That's, I mean, I, I never really wrote anything on the fly anyway. Um, I was, you know, pretty, uh, pretty much, uh, painstakingly, <laughs> um, you know, worked on, worked on things until I was, you know, somewhat happy with them. I didn't really, you know, there's a few things that I kind of wrote in the studio and, you know, to me listening back at it, it <laughs> you know, I could tell which ones I, <laughs> I did, um, you know, kind of on the fly and didn't, didn't really work on the, on the crafting of the, of the words and trying to make things, you know, fit together and have a, you know, theme that goes from verse to verse and things like that. It just, you know, I can, I can tell. So anything that we would put forth in the future with me doing anything lyrically, I certainly would, would want to spend time on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I definitely know, have a gift. Go ahead, Adele. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no worries. Um, I know uh, I've been following you on Facebook quite a bit, and I know the last few months you guys have been playing a lot of shows. How, how are those going? How, how, how's the uh, reaction to everything that you guys are doing? So far, so good. I mean, uh, I think that, you know, uh, especially with M13, we've got a really heavy, fast, loud, <laughs> tight band. Yeah. That, you know, we, <laughs> we, we do pretty well live, and, uh, you know, that's that's really yeah, our uh, our forte. <laughs> and you guys are putting out a 7-inch, which I think is really yeah. cool yeah. that you're not just like, I must do everything digital, it is the digital world. Like, you guys are actually staying true to your roots and putting that 7-inch split out with the Deacons and M13. Yeah, so here's this was kind of an idea we kicked around for a long time, and it's it's finally can't come to pass, was the, the Deacons and M13 split, and the funny thing about it is there are two bands that I, I don't think really sound alike, but share almost all the same members. Um, <laughs> same singer, you know, uh, Rich, he sings in M13, plays guitar and sings in the Deacons. You know, I play bass in both bands. Ken is the drummer in M13. He plays keyboards in the Deacons. Um, Mike is the guitarist in M13 and the guitarist in the Deacons. You know, and then uh, we've got a guy, a new guy, Floyd, in the Deacon. I'm sorry, in M13 now, as another guitarist, and uh, another Mike plays drums in, M in the Deacons. I can't even keep track of it anymore. I just show up at practice. <laughs> How do you get? That's I just, I just know I got to bring my bass. <laughs> How do you guys make the determination of what? I mean, you all you guys are together in the same room. So how do yep. you make the determination what's going on M13 and what's going on Deacons? How do you make those creative choices? Well, you know, it's 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 funny because it, there's certain songs that um, it's just it, when the song is written, it's obvious which band to go. It's it's going to you know there's that much of a separation in sound, and you'll you know people who aren't familiar with either band. You know, you heard Deacons a few minutes ago, and um, you know you're going to play an M13 song, and there certainly is a difference <laughs> in the sound between the two, even mm -hmm. though you know we're sharing almost all the same members. Do you get something out of one creatively more than the other, or is it just like, okay, I'm just shifting gears and going over to this style and expressing myself in this way as opposed to that way? It's funny, because even, yeah, even even though, you know, the music's a little different, the whole vibe of the bands seems to be a little different, too. Um, you know, the, the Deacons is more of like, kind of got its, it had its roots, you know, when its Deacons were formed 20 years ago. You know, it was in the kind of the, uh, the oi scene a little bit, um, you know, rock and roll punk scene, and kind of a 
bounced around here and there, you know, never really found a, a fit of a scene. You're always kind of like just a, a sort of like a misfit band, that, you know, kind of isn't heavy enough to be one of the political hardcore bands, but, you know, wasn't, you know, skinhead enough to be an oi band, you know, and, uh-huh. um, I, you know, I don't know what the, where we, where we fit in, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different styles of music and it's, to me, it's got a different vibe. Well, I mean, we're definitely in the same generation. You might have a couple years on me, but do you ever feel like there's going to be a time to walk away? Or is this the thing that you're going to have to do, and I say have to do, until the day you die? Yeah, I, I really feel like that. Like, I'll have to do something, you know, whether it's... I mean, there, there's been stretches where I haven't been in a, a band band, you know. I've, I've been, you know, I do solo acoustic music, you know, and just just to get out there and, and say what I have to say and you know, get the creative play what I have going, to play. Yeah, going. just to, yeah. you know, I, I always say it's kind of, it's to me it's better than, you know, going to a therapist or something that's talking about your problems. It's just, you know. It's, yeah, it's very it works, cathartic, you know? that's for sure. Yeah, it is. absolutely. Ah, um, okay. It does, now, it, go ahead, you know, I'm sorry. a good way to face, that's a, it's a, you know, it's a good way to um, have new material and kind of have to, present it to people you know to be sort of like it's sort of a challenge you know like yeah, i just wrote this new song you know let's see how this goes over you know um do you get nervous that you can't make the same connections you made when you were like in your heyday let's just say youth wise or are you like hey people are going to dig this perspective because it's a perspective of experience as opposed to a perspective of just like raw angst or anger, or like just disdain. Like, do you worry about there being a connection issue with the youth? Well, you know that I'm not really worried about it because that's really not our our focus. You know, our focus is more singing about things. And I know Rich, you know, writes about things that affect him on a daily basis, and that's not the same things that affect you know the 20 year old kid. You know, because Rich is you know approximately my age, you know, in mid 40s, and um, you know, he's got, and he, he's living in Brooklyn and, you know, facing uh, whatever he's got to face in the city every day. And um, yeah, that's a lot of what what our, our music's about. And, hey, Al, have you, uh, real quick, have you, I know you're you're supposed to make your way down to uh, Baltimore. Have you, have you, are you guys, have you played down here yet? Or? Yeah, I've been waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we did the, uh, we did the a Fist Reunion show down there last summer. Okay. Um, but we did M13 has not been down there yet, and um, we tried a couple like a month ago. Um, I know I think I was in contact with you guys, and we ended up only being able to get a show as far down as New Jersey, so um, okay. that didn't work out. But it's definitely on the radar, and we do want to get down because there's some good bands down there that we'd like to play with. Um, like our, the drummer from the Fist is in uh, Band of War Games from down there, so wow, okay, good show to play. All right, um, we've only got a few minutes left. Al, work your magic. Set up this M13 song for us. <laughs> All right, this is kind of a, uh, a takeoff on the old um, Foreskin song, uh, ACAB, All Coppers Are Bastards. And uh, I think it's pretty fitting <laughs> for a lot of uh, what's going on right now. And this is, uh, Definitely. This is the M13's All Cops Are Still Fucking Bastards. And, uh, yeah, it's a quick Yeah, one. we just had a huge debate about the Blue Lives Matter movement and how they're trying to uh, make it a hate crime, even if you 
just kind of reactively hit a cop. It's his perspective, like, oh, well, then I don't think he likes cops. I think this was a crime against cops and not just like, hey, dude, you're macing me and I'm just striking out against you. It's really scary stuff. So you're right. This is right on point. All right, D, go ahead and hit it. question about you know being domesticated or anything right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that I kind did. of sums it up right there um, asked and answered Al <laughs> yeah so um what one thing that, that Rich did that I, I really like is you know um as far as lyricist goes like my friend Rich who I've you know known since I was 13 and he was like the first person that ever you know uh they kind of introduced me to punk and hardcore when he was 11. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, one of the things that I like that he did is, you know, both of the, both of those songs that we heard are going on the split seven inch. And he threw in the line, uh, Kitty's got to listen, keep on fucking with the system. And, uh, he uses it in both songs. He uses it in the Deacon song and he uses it in the M13 song. So it's uh, wow. nice. That's like a nice little up. Easter egg. I wonder if the fans that are going to notice that. <laughs> We shall see. And uh, we've got the uh, um, the covers are being done on a, a, a hand uh, letter press um, by a guy up in Maine who was an old uh, drummer for the band, um, those unknown from New Jersey. And mm-hmm. he, he, he runs a, um, a press, a printing press up in uh, up in Maine, up in the woods up there. So he's, he's going to be uh, doing the covers for us and everything. So we're pretty excited about oh, that. You know, kind of a nice handcrafted, handcrafted uh, look to it. You know. So we touched on this, but why uh, seven inch? Why are you bringing it back to the seven inch and just not doing everything digital? Um, maybe it's because that's that's just what we know how to do. <laughs> uh, you know, we've we've done this. This will be the you know M thirteen uh, has two seven inches already. Um, this will be the third you know appearance on vinyl. Uh, the Deacons have, she's three or four, seven inches and, uh, an LP and, uh, and one CD, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I like vinyl. Uh, everyone in the band <laughs> likes records and that's kind of how we, we were raised and we grew up on, 
on these, and uh, and there's you know there's a demand for it, especially now, you know. So it's so, important yeah. to you to preserve that history, then. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know I think that's that's the best form that this kind of music can be presented in. You know, uh, yeah, I can agree. Um, Odell, and it's kind of like I said, you know, I used to be able to create and put out music, and now I feel like, okay, let me have this show and let me talk to the people that I admire, the people that kind of molded who I am. And I'm in a place now where it's like, okay, I'm old, I want to depart wisdom, I want impart wisdom, or rather, I want to like disseminate my knowledge among the masses. I mean, is this just kind of like a middle age thing? Do you guys think that this is the direction we're all going in? Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be. I, just, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as as trying to pass on things that we've learned, yeah. I mean, you know. If, if, and I think it's yeah, pretty cool. I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely different avenues to it. There's definitely different avenues. I mean, yeah, I even remember, you know, my dad and his friends passing on stuff to me in their way of passing on things. And, and now, yeah. you know, I, I can go in and actually, you know, my son can listen to stuff that, you know, I created or, or listen to stuff that I was influenced by and, and be like, wow, okay. A lot of that stuff is happening now. A lot of that stuff is going on now and it's, it's still relevant. And, uh, Yeah, I I said that before, last time we had Alan, like he was writing about stuff that was off the radar with the piss. What, 20, has it even been, has it been 25 years, if not 25, 20 years ago? And now everybody's just kind of catching up with you, Al. It wasn't just me, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, no, it was just you. Certainly the. (laughs) For me, it was just you, Al. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I come off too like fanboy for you? Like, okay, well, coming you know, back to this show. Sorry, I'm ten <laughs> hours in now. I'm a little loopy. Oh, no, I hear you. Hey, but I, I will say one thing that um, you know, you kind of prodding me a little bit about writing and stuff has definitely made me think about it a little more. So, um, you know, you should do it because you've had an impact. And I mean, I always say whenever I talk to somebody who's had an impact on me, I'm not an yeah. anomaly. If you've had an impact on me, if you've changed yeah. the trajectory of my creative life, then you've certainly done it for other people. And um, I think there was a quote, something like, if somebody has a gift or somebody's led an exceptional life, they have no right to keep it to themselves. And I believe yeah. that. Like, if you've got this gift to write lyrics, this is something you should be doing. Well, who knows where where we'll see it? You know, I've I've gotten a couple. Uh, I, I've done a couple a couple things here and there with uh, with some of the alternative hip hop people in the area. So, um, oh, cool. we'll end up in awesome. there. Um, yeah. yeah, very so we'll nice. Play. Yeah. So, all right, we got to wrap this up. up. Yeah. Hey, I I want to say uh, you know congratulations to all you guys for uh, on your launch of the Tin Can Media. Thank you, man. Yeah, hopefully it'll be somewhat of a success. I mean, really, this is, was kind of a rebellion against Blog Talk Radio because they mm-hmm. were the only game in town where you yeah. could podcast live and take calls. And mm-hmm. we were tired of being under their thumb after three years. And to Dee's credit, I was like, how in the fuck did we get out from under Blog Talk Radio? Because they had so many sound issues, so many switchboard issues. Mm-hmm. And we were always told you couldn't do it. And to I mean, D found a way to do it, and I'm excited just about the freedom aspect. Even if it's not a success financially, which I think eventually it will be, I'm just excited about the freedom to be able to broadcast whenever I want, record as long as I want, and to have and not to be in the shadow of like having to 
like bow to blog talk because they're the only game in town. Kitty, you got to listen. Keep on fucking with the system. Uh-huh. We will go. end with there that. Al, where can everybody find you? Oh, uh, I, I guess the easiest place is on Facebook. Um, just search Al Pest. I'll be up there. Um, Facebook.com forward slash M13 Hardcore or forward slash The Deacons NYC is another one. So Nice. All righty, right. sir. Always, Thank always you, a pleasure. All Even though pleasure. Um, we've been talking, I kind of know you a little bit better than, of course, I did when I reached out to you. I am still yeah. in awe of what you do. <laughs> well, I'll try to live up to that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All righty, guys. Thank you for our, our last musical osmosis of this launch episode. Ooh, We've got two yes. hours left. Hopefully, I won't Good collapse. Luck. I feel like I'm. Good luck, guys. Yeah, the tank's going strong. <laughs> You can do it.